The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Time to talk about Space 1999. It's been a while. Yeah, what the hell? Well, I, you know, I've watched some, but I, you know, stuff I wanted to do for the show got in the way. Yeah, well, all right. You know, I've been hard on the series. I, I mock it. You're just a terrible person. That you're very mid. And you don't. Yeah, you're not very respectful. Yeah. Well, uh, but yet. Uh, there were elements of it. I thought the, for its time, the sets and effects, for the most part, sometimes they get kind of cheap. Well, you know, you never bit short of cash. But no, but, uh, anyway, uh, but, uh, the, the, the concept and the stories were pretty bad here and there. But every now and then, there's some pretty good episodes. And, uh, this next one is not bad, certainly, uh, conceptually. All right. Well, what's it called? Well, uh, it was called Ring Around the Moon. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was uh, sponsored by Whisk. <laughs> what? I don't, what do you mean? Why? What? Oh, yeah. You have to be a certain age to get that one. Anyway, uh, the the idea is they come uh, in contact with an entity. Uh, they always do. Yes, yes. But this was a very strange entity. It kind of looked like a glowing grapefruit. Uh, oh my god! Well, yeah, but you know, it it it's fine. I mean, it, well, what would a strange, truly alien entity or craft look like? You don't know. They look like flying saucers. Yeah, but you don't really know that. I've seen it on TV. Oh, well, I saw this one on uh, TV, and um, it would it, it, the idea of it is coming into contact with some sort of uh, you know, strange intelligence and whatnot, and how you would make contact with it and it's uh not quite what you would expect you know it's not just some alien showed up and says take me to your leader and all that so in this case uh they come upon this uh, entity if you will and it invades the mind of one of their technicians and suddenly he starts trying to access all their information in the computer at a at a massive speed and uh and then it just burns him out and he collapses and dies. Oh, my God. So it's like an attack. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, not ne- necessarily a malicious one. They were just wanting the data. And uh, it turns out uh, that, it, that it's actually a computer itself. And so its mission is to go out and uh, collect data and report back home. Wait a minute. That's starting to sound familiar. It's just like the motion picture. The motion. I mean, Star Trek. The motion. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good point there, uh, uh, Lefty. Uh, the, the actual uh, plot there for the uh, the well, V'ger as it was in that one was it was original. Its original mission, which uh, they didn't steal it from Space 1999. They stole it from an earlier Star Trek episode <laughs> uh, called Nomad. Uh, the uh, the satellite there, robot, what have you, had the same mission, and then comes in contact with alien intelligences that uh, restore it and uh, send it on its way. But now it's become sentient and all that sort of stuff and keeps seeking knowledge and uh, absorbing it uh, with uh, disastrous results uh, in that movie. Well, here, uh, same mission as this uh, entity does this to this man, but the human brain 
can't take that amount of information and at that speed and so it burns out the poor guy and he he died so it turns to someone else <laughs> and they're trying to fight back but there's really no way it's too advanced for them and everything so uh since the uh the guy that died was just one of the background characters and no one really cares <laughs> oh that's not nice well but you know what happened yeah that's just the nature of the tv you know yeah right so it came to Dr. Russell. Oh, no, that's uh, Commander Koenig's babe. You know, oh, you know, significant others, more respectful. Okay, let's get that right there. Yeah. And uh, so now she's uh, got it, and she's processing information at a super speed and all that. Uh, but uh, strangely enough, she doesn't die. <laughs> well, what? Because she's a woman. Because she's a woman, you don't expect her brain to be able to process all that data. That's what that's about. Uh, well... I I mean, uh, it, brains of their size. I mean, she's nothing alien about her. She's just another human being. Yeah, but she's a woman, and girls get it done. Oh uh, well, maybe that's what it meant there, Lefty. I don't know. Another thing is that a lot of people saw Barbara Bain's performance as pretty much a plank of wood, <laughs> and so their head's so empty you can fill it up with all that data. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but I no, it's terrible. I shouldn't laugh at that. It's terrible. Well, anyway, uh, she does survive, and uh, they're able to uh, you know, kind of use her to get there. And they find out uh, the problem with this massive super duper intelligence is that they're they're also rather stupid and ignorant. Uh, what? What has that? Well, their their mission is to collect this data and send it back to their home world. But the uh, the alpha people find out their home world uh, was destroyed a long time ago, <laughs> so there's nothing to go back to, and so the uh, entity um, destroys itself, and uh, they they manage to escape, and they're all safe and stuff. So, <laughs> so it's a lot of, and that's kind of the usual conclusion when you're up against the supercomputers. Um, you got to outfox it and outthink it. And uh, go in areas it can't, and all this sort of thing. But this one, I yeah, I know. <laughs> they never noticed their own planet was was dead. Yeah, they really should have. I mean, did they ever, you know, make a phone call or something? Or they're like, no, they're never responding to my texts. You know, after a while, you start to worry. Yeah. Well, it was a computer, so um, I don't know how long they were supposed to be out there. And they, they, uh, I guess, uh, uh, receiving new orders or contact from it wasn't something they expected. So, <laughs> so they kept sending the information. But, uh, well, wait a minute. How did they get them to realize that their planet had died? Well, they told him, hey, look. <laughs> what? You say this is one of the better. Well, look. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> It, it is. I mean, you know, I mean, they, you come into contact with what's an entity that seems alive, but it isn't. It's just a collection of uh, of data and intelligence, and they, you know, have to deal with it. So, but yeah, <laughs> look, I know it sounds silly, but you can make that make a lot of stuff in science fiction sound silly. Uh, but this, <laughs> look, it's one of the better ones that they did. So. Uh, ring around the collar, I mean the moon, <laughs> from Space 1999 uh, is uh, not not too bad. It's not too bad. So there you go. But uh, you got to be pretty empty-headed in order to survive <laughs> the onslaught from this uh, entity. From the, uh, the, the glowing grapefruit. Yes, yes, that's, that's 
listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. I like beer. That's why I drink it. Ain't got nothing better to do. Might as well drink beer. Beer. Say, what you wearing there, boy? Hey, oh, this is my Bubba Stargon t-shirt. Bubba Stargon? Oh, man, is that all the characters? Is that little Mr. Spot? It sure is. Oh, man, where can I get one? <laughs> you gotta head over to the Mr. Nelson store. Mr. Nelson store? Where are they? Oh, you gotta head over to Zazzle.com, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E.com, and look up the Mr. Nelson store. Yeah, M-R-N-I-L-S-I-N. <laughs> it's just that simple. Oh, man, I'm gonna get on that and get me a Bubba Star concert. Yeah, you'll be the envy of your friends. Yeah, except you're the only one friend I got. Well... Uh, you'll make more with a cool shirt like it. Oh, yeah! That's right, friends. Head over to the Mr. Nelson store at Zezzle.com where you can get your Bubba Stargon shirt and other great Mr. Nelson products. Listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Well, another episode of Space 1999. Ah, here we go. Yeah. Uh, this one called The Missing Lake and uh, was probably written by The Missing Lake. Oh, now that's not right. No, it isn't, but I. You know, it's not a good one, uh, which is sad because actually uh, the great Peter Cushing uh, guest stars in this one. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was in the, you know, those, uh, the, 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 oh, the Hammer Horror movies. Right. Those. Yeah. And well, he was in Star Wars. Yep. He was in the original Star Wars. He was kind of uh, Darth Vader's boss in that one, or I guess sort of the assistant manager uh, in that one. And he didn't survive. He blew up in the Death Star. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, maybe he did, because now we know pieces of the Death Star could still survive. Oh, yeah, that's right. Maybe he did. Yeah. But, um, well, so uh, this one follows uh, the Ring Around the Moon uh, series, which is where they, so they encounter another superior intelligence. Another computer? No. No, at least I don't think they are, but it, I don't know. It's trying to be all surreal and, I, don't know, I guess, psychedelic or whatnot, but. Kind of falls flat as most of the action takes place in just a a room. <laughs> um, so th- they're going along, and then uh, Koenig, uh, his mind gets trapped uh, with this with the planet uh, Zeno, I guess it was or Zeno, I can't remember. Well, which one is it? Well, it's a make believe planet, so it doesn't matter. But then why bother trying to pronounce it right? Well, okay, good point. So uh, it, it, they come in contact with it, and he uh, gets trapped, and he's seeing this. Well, actually, it's just a room, but he's actually in a, in a coma on, on, at the base, and they're trying to help him, but they don't know. And his brain patterns are so low that they're beginning to believe he's brain dead. And poor Dr. Russell, who, of course, is quietly in love with him as he is quietly in love with her. Yeah, will they or won't they? <laughs> they do because they were married in real life. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I believe that they, they, they got together on the set of Mission Impossible. Oh, that's right. Barbara that was it that. Wait, she's the blonde girl from, yes, that's right. That was, that was Barbara Vane. And, uh, so, uh, they, you know, they're, you, you just can't hide the passion and romance, uh, between the two of them in space 1999. So anyway, uh, so she, you know, she's all sad. She doesn't think she can save him and all that. Meanwhile, in his mind, <laughs> So this is all just a dream. It could very well be, but it apparently is this super duper alien played by uh, Peter Cushing in a in a wig and dressed up like a wizard or some such. And then he has his adult daughter who lives with him like a child. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, uh, she instantly falls in love with Koenig, so she wants to keep him. <laughs> you know, like a pet. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, turns out she really does grow to love him and, uh, doesn't want to keep him, uh, uh, yeah, like a pet. Right, right. Yeah. Cause he would rather, uh, go home and all that. It's the thing that they keep saying, Hey, you can live with us. We're, uh, we're ahead of you by a million years and all this sort of stuff. And that, um, you you look at this advanced city and they show this matte painting of a, a space city like thing you know out the window <laughs> oh yeah yeah he was supposed to go live there but if it's all in, in his head that's how they're communicating with him i'm not sure how that would work seems like that was all just a fantasy I mean, maybe they explained it and i just wasn't paying attention well that's very likely yeah yeah it it, it probably is it just wasn't a very good episode um so, uh, yeah, he, you know, he overcomes that. He's allowed to wake up. And so, so I guess they were just going to take his consciousness and not his body. So his, they didn't want to deal with that thing. Well, yeah. I mean, they must be like pure energy entity bids. And that's how they exist. And they were offering him the chance that he could have had eternity. Yeah, that's right. That's probably the one way you can truly achieve immortality is to be a, a, uh, a entity of pure energy, pure energy and, uh, and exist like that. So I guess that's what they're trying to do. But, um, yeah, but then, you know, it, it, the, you're, you're immortal and for all eternity and yet you still have like schoolgirl crushes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of terrible. It really is because, you know, most of the time that it just doesn't hit well. Yeah. Cause I don't know. I mean, unless it's just, her and her dad. Oh my God. Yeah. I think, uh, Koenig was like, holy crap, there's something weird going on here. I got to get out. Right, right. That, yeah, it was just them, but there's no one else because there might be some other chicks or whatnot. Could be, or it could be some guys pretending to be chicks. And how would he know? Because they've mastered the ability to make themselves appear any way they could. And so, well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's called a trap there. Like, oh my God, you can't. You just said that, that, just don't listen to him, ladies and gentlemen. You just, you know, some people, they just can't get with it, you know? And it's sad. It's so sad. So there'd be nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Well, before you were saying it was a good idea for him to split. Well, that's because, you know, the creepiness with, you know, who wants to live with Peter Cushing off here? Well, you know, he played weird people in those Hammer movies, but I'm sure he seemed like a pretty nice guy, though. Wait, so you want to live with him? Well... No, he'd visit, but yeah. Yeah, see, if he could have visited, then it would have worked out better. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So anyway, um, I, I guess the missing link, because they thought uh, he could help them restore to their humanity because they felt that Koenig was a lot like their ancestors, or maybe they were insinuating that they, they really were from Earth or something. Or 
I can't remember. But uh, so, yeah, it, um, despite the fact that it all took place in a guy's mind, I got to admit, it's uh, pretty fleeting in memory. So, yeah, not a good one. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Mid, is gray hair sneaking up on you? Hey, it is sneaking up on me. Down hair or toe. Mid, your world doesn't need to be all shades of gray. With For Men Only Hair Stain, you can re-enter a manly black and colored world and get laid. Now FDA approved for your pubes. Oh, now that's a lot better. And thicker, too. Hair stain is for men only. Women, especially pregnant women, should never even touch hair stain unless you want breast cancer, brain cancer, rectal rot, and or retard babies. By purchasing this product, we assume that you do not want the aforementioned maladies. Hooey! Where could I get a shirt like that? <laughs> oh, you need only look at the Mr. Nelson stores and shops. Stores and shops? You mean there's more than one? That's right. You see, you can go to the Mr. Nelson store at Zazzle.com where there's all sorts of hats and shirts and sweaters and other good things like that with all kinds of Nelson art. And of course, the Mr. Nelson show logo. Or you can head over to Society6 for the other Mr. Nelson store where there again, more articles and apparel and other nice little things with Nelson art all over them. And last but not least, you can head to the Teespring store, the Mr. Nelson shop, where, yes, you guessed it, more Nelson shirts and mugs and stickers and other great cool things of Nelson art all there for you. So, of course, the choice is yours. The stores are many. So look up Mr. Nelson stores at Mr. Nelson shop at Society6Zazzle.com and Teespring.com. Oh, man, I can't wait! <laughs> yeah, well, don't. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Desolation is interrupted by the arrival of Baron Boyd's Pan Van. I tell you, this is outrageous. Absolutely unacceptable. We have to go back for pity. Listen, Grandpa, you got my sympathies over the account of losing your little girl to them tanks, but you're out of your mind if you think we can mount a rescue with just what we got. We ain't doing nothing until we regroup with my boy. <laughs> Cliff! We, we, we have to get her back. Yeah, Baron, but, I mean, listen. Uh, what? Guy's got a point. What? Uh, we barely got out of there with her lives. Oh, don't very well, very well. Well, there's a wheel of the way. Fine. You can all stay here, but the pan fan is mine, and I will use it to get Biddy back. Yes, again, Grandpa. Now, look, that was part of the deal, that we would have a little exchange <laughs> of supplies. Deal? 
from that van of yours until that deal's settled. Ain't nobody going nowhere. I made no such uh, deal. Uh, well, actually, uh, Baron, uh, in order to get their help, we kind of told him we would make a little little trade of, of supplies uh, from, from the van. What? Well, Baron, look, we're pretty outnumbered with dealing with the think tanks, and we already had one scuffle with them back at the station. What? So, um, yeah, we, we were going to have to take them up on the offer. Well, you spoke out of turn, and nevertheless, the van is mine, and we must get bitty. And Baron, we don't even know where to look for her. Yeah, that's not exactly true there, boss. You know, that station, your police station, as it were, well, that's their chief headquarters for for our general area around here. For the general area? Yeah, as far as anyone can tell, the main force of think tanks is holed up in Chicago. Networking out to their little squadrons like we got here. Or whatever the hell it is they're up to. Why are they in Chicago? That's only a game in town. Yeah, Chicago's the only major city to survive the initial invasion. And the storm. The, the storm? Yes, yes. A pan-dimensional portal that the tank tanks use to travel between universes often affects the weather conditions of their target world. Not that they care. Yeah, many people perceive it as a storm. Uh-huh. You know something, Grandpa? You sure know an awful lot about think tanks. And it's got me wondering just why would they even be concerned with our little small town, especially after it's been completely decimated and there ain't nothing here worth looking at. Well, it's, um, Butch, um, uh, Butch, huh? Butch, uh, uh Lee, about I, I damn got, time. Uh, some news. Um, yeah, well, where the hell Zeke and the boys? Zeke? Uh, did he say Zeke? Uh, Butch, I... I don't know how to tell you. Um, you just uh, spell it out. I found them, but yeah, but they all dead. It, it looks like they got fried. The tanks must have got them all. Oh. oh God no! Oh God damn those bastards! Damn, I had a feeling. I had a feeling something was wrong. Y'all back off! I need a minute. Damn it! Russell, this station, it's, you mean to tell me it's the police station you and Miss Montgomery worked at? Yeah, that's the station. We were able to get in there, get Lola some clothes, and get a duffel bag full of shotguns, and made our getaway before the tanks could catch yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, we just barely got out of there. Yes, 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 but you do know your way around inside and out in the layout of the, of the building, right? Oh, well, yeah, but... We barely got out the first time. Emphasis on barely. It's swarming with those think tanks. Yes, but... Not exactly sure how we can try to get in again. Yes, but this time... You're going to have more... Advanced weaponry. There's more electro guns... That I can provide. Should give us more of a fighting chance. Okay, but we're still grossly outnumbered. And I don't think we're going to get much help from these guys... Because I don't think they're in the mood for fighting think tanks. Well, that's where you're wrong, lady. Listen, Grandpa. I'll help you get your little girl back. Just as long as you help me kill as many of those goddamn think tanks as I can. Well, it appears a small army is forming. Will Baron and his new compadres be able to rescue Biddy and 
and overcome the think tanks. Perhaps this and many other questions will be answered in the next exciting episode of Baron Boy. You have been listening to Baron Boy. Written, produced, and performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Music comes courtesy of Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources. Well, once again, the uh, crew of Alpha Base on the moon that is still flying through deep space in space 1999 encounter yet another strange alien entity. Well, good Lord, that's all they ever do. Yeah, well, what else are they supposed to do, Lefty? I mean, they can do one or two episodes, I suppose, it's, which a lot of space shows done. Battlestar Galactica has done it, you know, where they uh, have Towering Inferno on the on the ship, and that's what they did in Battlestar Galactica. So they could have done stuff like that, but do you mean how many more of those can you do? So uh, they're out there in deep space, and they encounter stuff, and mostly it just would have been them flying through deep space with nothing to do so you know this is it so this one called space brain space brain yeah a brain floating in space oh my god that's like some b movie from the 50s well yeah but the idea that there could be life in space that actually can survive in the vacuum of space is not exactly unheard of we do know there apparently are some microbial entities that can uh, survive out there i guess i don't really know but Who's to say there can't be a, a giant brain floating in space? I, I've got to say there isn't. Well, but that's just your best guess. Well, yes, it, I guess it is. Yeah. So, uh, so they got this thing out there. <laughs> so what do they do? Hey, let's go look at it. So, uh, one of their eagles, which is one of the coolest aspects of space 1999, those, those, uh, the, the, the shuttles, the what? They got space shuttles? Yeah, but you, you know what they look like, those things? I thought that was like their starship. That they, No, stupid. They're on the moon. Those are just, they're shuttles that they travel around kind of like, you know, flying buses. I don't see that requires to me to be insulted like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, so they encounter this and, uh, well, it, it, it crushes them into a kind of a big ball of snot. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, they're all like, oh, holy crap. Uh, of course, they don't realize it yet. They find this thing. <laughs> they, they investigate it, and they're like, they can detect the DNA of their crewmen in it. Oh, geez. It's really terrible. <laughs> but this one is kind of, I, I I kept thinking of it as kind of, like we were saying, it's similar. They encounter entities all the time. And they had just done one where it was uh, the, the, the computer for the uh, ring around the moon and uh, that one. And uh, this one is like, it's sort of like a computer, but it's a living brain. So it's kind of a, a, a bio computer, <laughs> organic thing. Um, and it's, it's traveling on, along, uh, and it possesses. Uh, one of the crew, which is very similar of uh, the Ring Around the Moon episode. Oh, my God. That's just too much. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, they're just redoing what they already did. And just because it's organic, that makes all the difference? I don't think so. No, I don't. Yeah. And plus, it's a threat. Um, because it's apparently it responds to them as a, as a, as a viral infection. So it treats them like antibodies would. So it destroyed the ship and all that. And then, uh, it's going to attack the whole moon. Uh, it's on a collision course with, Oh my God. So what do they do? Well, 
uh, they realize that uh, the pressure that will be built up by, well, the soap sud foam. What? Yes. Uh, it, it, it showers <laughs> soap suds all over the base. <laughs> and uh, they realize that, uh, they, so the only way to uh, survive this was to depressurize the, uh, the base and get down below and hunker down and try to survive this so that it passes on, which is what happens, and uh, it works. Oh, God, that's ridiculous. So I guess what? The, the base is all clean now? Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> but it was disastrous foam. And if they didn't do that, it would crush the whole base, I guess. I don't know if the whole moon, but uh, anyway, that's what it did. And then it uh, went about its merry way. <laughs> um. There were some elements here where they do mention that they had. I mean, they tried to blow it up with uh, with nukes, but uh, that became a threat to them. And you know, yeah, because nuclear weapons are never the answer. Yeah, so uh, they didn't want to do that. And uh, but what, one of the things they, they talked about was that uh, apparently they used this was that for emergency purposes if they got too close into the a, gravi- a gravity well of other planets in case they realized they didn't want to stay there because it was dangerous or what have you. Because that's always been one of my st- sticking points with this show is that the concept of the moon from the blast keeping what if it's, you know, uh, nothing stands in its way, it's going to keep going at that speed and keep traveling. Um, and, and nothing would stop it. But when you come in, in contact with a, a you know larger mass like a planet, uh, you're gonna get stuck in that gravity well, and it'll start orbiting that that, and that's it. The, the trip's over. Um, but apparently, they've always had this means by which to uh, you know push the moon out of the way so it doesn't get stuck. <laughs> but this is, as far as I know, this is the only time they mentioned it. So, and it's a good thing it was there. Yeah, because they didn't really plan on the moon traveling through space, did they? I don't think so. So, what the hell do they have all that there? Well. You know, it kind of what got them in trouble in the first place because they had a uh, they were doing nuclear waste disposal on the planet and then it blew up, and that's what uh, pushed them into deep space. Oh my god! And they still have all these nuclear weapons. Yeah, well, you know, they do come into contact with uh, some you know nefarious aliens and whatnot. But again, they weren't dealing with that at the time when they left. Yeah. So why was all that there? Well, uh, I guess maybe they were gonna. Bomb some countries on Earth, you know? I mean, it was only 1999. Yeah, but that didn't happen in 1999. Well, none of it did. You now have to look at it as like it's an alternate timeline or something. Oh, God, I'm sick of that crap. Well, it's the only way it works. Yeah, well. So anyway, uh, at least there's that. So that's a high point uh, because they really do need a a method by which to avoid that uh, because not only do they get stuck in a certain solar system, but uh, then the show's over, too. Well, they probably could get stuck in an alien planet and explore that for a while. Yeah, but eventually, yeah, it does does run out. Yeah. So, Space Brain. It's uh, kind of what it sounds like. It's more space than brain. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. <laughs> <laughs>